With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Good morning or good evening, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to episode five of Speaking the Truth. I'm so jacked to tell you guys that I've ordered every everything everything has been ordered for the actual studio itself to be built out i got soundproofing i got soundproofing blankets i didn't even know what those were until yesterday yes i have ordered six of those i've got six soundproof blankets don't know i don't know what would qualify as to be a soundproof blanket but i've got six of them coming in and we've got lighting coming in we've got overhead gimbal things i mean i put a lot of money into this thing and I'm hoping that it does pretty well video-wise. And I hope you guys are pretty excited to watch it because it's going to be hopefully appealing aesthetic, aesthetically. Like, I hope it makes your eyes just get something going and your nether regions tingling. So that, that's that's the goal. That should be up hopefully by the end of next week or maybe middle of next week. I'm waiting for all the stuff to come in. But we got we got some topics this morning. Same old, same old with a little bit of Taliban mixed in with a lot of American stuff. I'll tell you, half and half, you guys are going to enjoy this one, I promise you. So sit back and relax. Uh, well, unless you're driving, don't relax. Just kind of pay attention to the road. If you're on the potty, potty. You're on the potty. Holy shit, I just called it a potty. That's what I asked my daughter if she needs to go to the bot. Okay, well, how about with this? How about we start this episode off with something pretty good? I was originally going to start it off with the Taliban stuff, but I, I I did speak about this the other day, and this makes me happy. So you guys know the California teacher who decided it was a good idea to have her kids pledge allegiance to the flag, not not the American flag, not the American flag, the gay the, the gay pride flag, the rainbow flag. Yes, this really happened. I don't know if you guys know this. It was a viral TikTok video. She thought it was funny to do it. She has put herself in a little bit of a bind because now she has been removed from her classroom and placed on administrative leave as uh, an investigate an investigation continues. I find it very funny because she thought she was doing something like I, in her eyes. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say she thought it was almost like she was mocking the people who love the flag. And she was like, oh, look, I'm making these people say the pledge allegiance to the gay flag, gay pride flag. And in the end, she's now removed from her classroom as not a teacher. Yes, I'm laughing at you. I'm not laughing with you. Um, I, I love it. I I absolutely love it. Thank God. And this happened in California. But apparently a bunch of teachers or excuse me. A bunch of parents came forth and were very angry about this, which I would I would be raising hell. Oh my gosh, this ha- thank God I live in Texas. I know it's not going to happen in the area I live in. Maybe down in Austin, but where I live in, I know for a fact it's not going to happen. So that is good. The most insane thing about this entire California ordeal with this teacher is the fact that she took the American flag down because it made her feel uncomfortable. That's, if that's not virtue signaling, I don't know what is. Good, good, good. There's some good that's coming out of the 
out of the United States right now, especially out of California. You don't hear a lot of good stuff coming out of California. There's actually something else that we're going to discuss here later on. I don't know if you guys know this, that San Fran is paying people. I think the word asinine is going to be used a lot on this podcast. And this is going to be the asinine thing of the day, which we're not going to talk about just yet. I want to let you guys know, do you guys know the Taliban are actually doing something very, very pleasant right now? I usually say take this with a grain of salt, but don't take this with a grain of salt because it's actually happening. Taliban are taking people's phones and they're calling numbers on the phones. If they find out they're American, yes. When they find out they're American, remember we gave them over the names of the Americans. People are still stuck over there. And when someone answers the phone, then they will kill them so the person on the other end of the phone can hear it. Yes, I am not making this up. I, I, I was watching the news. I was watching the news and I wrote it down verbatim. Like that is exactly what I rewound it. I was like, I cannot believe what I just heard. I had to rewind it, replayed it. I was like, oh my God, that is not something that's just out of the blue, super random. That is really, that's really fucking happening over there. They're taking Americans phones or people's phones who have Americans numbers in them. That, that's, that's the main thing. If you have an American phone number inside of your phone, they're calling it. If somebody answers, then they kill you right there on the spot while the person is on the phone. So they have to hear it. That is terrible. I, I, that is terrible. And I'm leading, I'm leading this entire section or uh, piece of this, this, this podcast off with that because we are apparently the United States is, is trying to work with the Taliban to fight ISIS. And that's why I wanted to lead off with that. So you guys, if, if you're new to the podcast, and you don't have an understanding of what the Taliban is. There you go. There's a little snippet. They kill people for, for singing that really happened over this last week. They kicked a, an American woman who was pregnant over there. They kicked her in the stomach because she had a, uh, an American child. Kick, they kicked her in the stomach because of it. Uh, but we have some, we, we're going to change it up. We got actually some video clips and some audio clips. You guys won't be able to see the video clips clearly because you're on the podcast, but we have the actual video running uh, in the studio at the house. We, you guys will actually be able to see it. So if you guys did not know this, yes, here recently, uh, top Pentagon officials have said, this was literally yesterday, that it is possible the United States will work with the Taliban against ISIS-K in Afghanistan while warning the Taliban are a ruthless group from the past. See, that's what I don't really understand. So we're, we're saying we're going to work with them, but then we also say, you know what? They are a ruthless group from the past. They're not a ruthless group from the past. They're literally a ruthless group currently right now, like literally right now. Not, that's not the past. As of September 2nd of 2021, they're still a ruthless fucking group. Uh, that is terrible. I don't know if they're trying to spin this off, that they're going to help and the Taliban fight ISIS-K just because recently ISIS-K claimed the, the attack that killed the 13 U.S. service members and the 100 Af- 170 Afghan citizens. I don't know if that's why they're trying to do it. I don't know if it's for political gain. I don't, I, that, that, that's one thing I could think of because I do recall Biden in the very end of his shitty speech that he was... I, I don't even want to get into Biden right now, but what, what I'm talking about, that speech that he gave after we left and he said that we're not going to give up fighting ISIS, we're still coming after you. I don't know if that, this is what this has to deal with. I have no idea. I would assume it has something to do with that. And it's so it's so weird because I go on and read through this article a little more and they said that we're not going to take our eye off the ball, Austin said. That means relentless counterterrorism efforts against any threat to American people from any place. If that was the case, why the fuck? Did we give up Bagram Airfield? Why did we give that up? If if what you just said was true, why did we even give up that that stronghold, that that one military location that we could have just kept? Over time, the amount of money we would have put into that thing would have not, no one would have even blinked an eye at it for the amount of good that we would have done for the world and for ourselves. Okay, so I want to play a little clip here from Liam Panetta. If you guys don't know who he is, he's Obama's uh, defense secretary when Obama was in. And he, he speaks a little bit about what the goal of Afghanistan was and or is, and it always should be, I guess. It's a very short clip. It's, it's good. I like it. My, I like it myself. One of the primary missions 
of our effort in Afghanistan after 9-11 was not only to get bin Laden, which we were successful at doing, but also to prevent Afghanistan from ever becoming a safe haven for terrorism. Unfortunately, today, that mission was not accomplished. The reason why I think what he said is so powerful is he's speaking the exact same thing that, that I've said over the previous episodes. is the fact that you cannot leave Afghanistan alone uh, as, as it is today because it's going to be a, a, a massive hotbed for terrorism. And that was the whole point of going in there after September 11th was to take control and beat the shit out of Al-Qaeda, whittle them down to nothing, the same with the Taliban, and to kill bin Laden, which we did. Granted, he wasn't even in Afghanistan. He was until we came in there, started bombing Tora Bora and all this other stuff. And then he got pushed over to Pakistan, Pakistan border. And then he hid like a coward behind his wife and kids until Robert O'Neill came in there and shot him in the face. But he's just speaking it out loud, which is kind of crazy because he comes from the Obama administration. And he's saying the things that should be said today. But like I told you guys, there's always a political agenda. And in this August 31st fucking hard line was the biggest bullshit ever still because it was it was a. It was a date that we gave to them. They did not give to us. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's, we said, yeah, we'll be by August 31st. They didn't say you have to be out by August. Then they started using that date against us when it could have been changed this entire time and said, you know what? You guys are full of a bunch of fuckery and you guys are doing some dumb shit. You know, we're going to go ahead and add more troops. Yes, we may actually take a little bit of a little bit of combat action there in Kabul, but I, I, I know personally would have died down over a couple weeks and they would have dissipated to nothing and they would just would have sat on their outside areas. That's all it would have ended up being. Like, it wouldn't have been anything crazy. But we, we still should have maintained presence in Afghanistan to this day, probably to the end of eternity, so it wasn't a hotbed for terrorism. So if you guys don't believe that maybe I might be true, you know what, I got a gentleman right here that I'm about to play a clip of. This is General Jack Keane. Very, very intelligent man. I mean, he was a general in the military. So I'm going to go ahead and play it and let you guys decide. The fact is we have permitted a terrorist organization that enabled 9-11, and that's exactly what the Taliban did in cohorts with the al-Qaeda. They shielded them, protected them. They could plan, prepare, and execute 9-11 from Afghanistan. That terrorist organization is now in charge of Afghanistan. And as such, al-Qaeda already has regained their safe haven. Why? Because now they can operate freely. They can set up their training areas. They can do whatever they want. No longer clandestinely, they can do it in the open. So I know that probably gets some of y'all's blood boiling just a little bit. I don't, I don't believe personally that we should be working with the Taliban whatsoever. There's no need for us to work with them. We should be smothering them along with ISIS-K and al-Qaeda and al-Shabaab. Everything you could possibly move. When it comes to terrorism, we should not work with anything. That should not be a thing Americans should be doing. We don't negotiate, we don't work with them, we crush them, and that's all we should be doing. If you also didn't know, Taliban throws a victory parade with U.S. equipment. This is this video will, um, it's pretty interesting. So I mean, you're probably just going to hear some audio of it. Yeah, so this 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 right here is, is pretty nuts to me. They're literally driving around in up-armored Humvees. I know they, don't, they weren't left a ton of them. Uh, don't quote me, but I believe it was like 60 or 70. I, I, I think that's what it said. But they have a ton of Ford Rangers, which are, I mean, those we don't have to worry about whatsoever. I'm not really too concerned about those. The up-armored Humvees, they're not going to last them too long. It's just they're using this as propaganda. They have their, their guys up there either with PKMs or RPKs. I can't really see up inside of our turrets where our military was literally sitting. And I, they even have tow ropes. They got everything. It's... It is kind of embarrassing because, God, I look at this. Yeah, there's 
there's, I don't know, it's really hard to tell from this angle, but it looks like maybe 20 Humvees lined up and they're just stacked with white Taliban flags and dudes in top. It just, from a, from a perspective of the world, we just, it, it looks like we just lost and cowered in a corner, which Biden did to, to the Taliban. And they're, they're going to be using this as propaganda to now bring in more fighters from outside the country saying, yes, we just got all this, this equipment from the military, which they did. I mean, they, they did. Now they have more means to, to equip more men to fight when we have, we're going to have to go back there. I, I'm, I have no doubt about it. We're going to have to go back there. Oh, I feel like most of these, these podcasts so far have been nothing about Taliban and or, or, or just what's been going on over there, but that's pretty much the big thing. I still, man, there's, there's still some more stuff to talk about, about this, but I, I, I tell you guys a little bit about America, what's been going on here. I know we had a bunch of terrible, terrible, terrible storms roll through. I don't know if you guys do know this or not. I know Ida came through Louisiana and destroyed a ton of stuff, but up in New York city, it just rolled through. And as of what I'm filming this, there's been nine people who have been killed. I think it was eight in New York and one in New Jersey due to flooding. I mean, it's pretty wild. If you guys have not seen the videos of Ida over New York, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I, I would assume most people in New York didn't think it was going to be this bad, but they've called for a state of emergency throughout the entire state. Um, just in New York, I would assume they've done the same thing over New Jersey. And yeah, eight people have been killed in New York and then another one inside of New Jersey over this. This is apparently it's the daily rainfall in New York's Central Park smashes preview record set in 1927. The old record was 3.84 inches and yesterday or last night, I guess they had 7.3. That's pretty nuts. So if you guys don't know what's going on, everybody's having up in New York. If you're up there listening to this, I do feel for you. And hopefully that shit kind of goes away here very soon. So for everyone that is listening at home, I, it's not going to be able to see this image, but if you guys do not know anything about the hierarchy, like who is in charge of the Taliban, I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown. The Taliban chief, I'm going to jack up this guy's name, and I don't really give a shit if I do. It's Habitatula Akunzazada. It looks like he literally just smashed a fucking keyboard to make his name. He came to power after his predecessor, Akhtar Mohammed Mansour, was killed in U.S. drone strike in 2016. He was part of the fight against the Soviet Union in the 1980s and worked in the judicial system under the Taliban rule from 96 to 2001. Now, the leadership council underneath him is made of 20 other people, 20 other shitheads. Uh, you have Abdul Ghani Barardi. Uh, he's a co-founder of the Taliban. He was arrested in Pakistan in 2010 and was freed in 2018 when he became the head of the political office of Doha. Uh, recently returned to Afghanistan after a 20-year absence. So that's the other thing. So you have these two top guys who haven't been there while we were there because he knows we would have targeted them to kill him. And now they're all coming back. And then you have another one who's right underneath him. About the same. There's three deputy leaders. And this is the next one is Mohammed Yaqub, son of the Taliban's co-founder Mullah Mohammed Amar, oversees all provisional level military commanders as head of the group's military commission. And I'm all, I'm telling you guys this all for a reason. Uh, there's one more. Another shithead, uh, Sarakadi Haqqani, also heard, uh, also head of the Haqqani network, a U.S. designated terror group. So let that sink in. So one of the three people that is the deputy leaders is the guy of the Haqqani network. And he's literally labeled as a terrorist group from the United States. U.S. placed a $5 million bounty on him in 2009 and raised it to $10 million in 2014. So this guy is in charge of the Taliban and we're wanting to fucking work with him. How does that make any... How do, who Who is fuck? Who's making this up? This can't be made. This is literally right here playing his day and I'm actually pulling this from CNN. This isn't some super crazy right-wing place. This is literally from CNN. It's a huge image of this. They have more that goes down and you have a couple key commanders and you have key governors and that's just the way this... this it's pretty much the way that they run is pretty much the way Afghanistan has ran even when I was there. Then you have key commanders. He, uh, this, this guy, really shitty long name. 
He fundraises on behalf of the Taliban and provides support to the Taliban operating in Afghanistan. Sarati's Haqqani's uncle. So he's literally the uncle of the Haqqani. He's got a $5 million bounty on this son of a bitch's head in 2011. So there's another guy with a $5 million bounty who is also underneath there. So the big thing is, if I mean, these two guys, there's $15 million bounty with the bounties isn't just in three or two of the, the four guys right here. Here you go. Here's another one. This guy, the more I read through this, the more crazy it gets. Koar Zia Uruaman. He's a senior military commander in the Kunar province. Okay. Which is a very large province. He works for both Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. See? One of their top senior military commanders works for both the Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Oh my God. He established a suicide bomber training against, planned and executed several attacks against U.S. and NATO forces in Kunar, including one that killed two U.S. soldiers, survived coalition airstrike in 2013. So we've been targeting this guy since, clearly since 2013. We tried to kill him in 2013. He's now in the top five of all of the Taliban, and we're sitting here trying to work with these guys. And the last three I've read of the, of the six, I'm not going to read any more of them because it's just a bunch of shitheads pretty much. Um, we are going to want to work with these guys. You cannot tell me. If this administration works with these guys, I don't, I, we were trying to impeach somebody. I always want to say this over a phone call. And now we're trying to work with these people. Someone needs to be held accountable for this. This, this right here would be like spit in my face. Plus another hundred thousand other people that fucking risk their life over there. This is, this is bullshit. I am very glad to see this though. You've had three military leaders, including two generals have called for the resignations of president Biden's top military and diplomatic officials including Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Chess, Mark Milley, Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Adams, Secretary of Anthony Blinken, and National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, in the wake of what's been going on. Um, I think it's a leadership failure in the White House, as well as the State Department, as well as the DOD. That is direct quote from Lieutenant General Retired William Jerry Boykin. I'm telling you guys, that's what we need to see right there. These people need to be replaced. Someone needs to be held accountable. I think it's very fair to ask for the accountability of senior leaders. That has included military leaders as well as the National Security Advisor and the Security of State, or Secretary of State, excuse me. I'm glad that these people are actually coming out and saying it because that actually holds a little bit more weight than just me on some really shitty podcast just sitting here. Yes, someone needs to be held accountable. No, these are actually generals, retired generals are coming out and saying, no, it, it, it's not just Biden's fault. It's the people that he's working with to his right, to his left. They cared more about social justice and fucking CRT training and gay pride month and raising gay pride flags over fucking random places around the world that we have embassies than this right here. Their number one goal was that. The number two goal was making sure Americans got home safe. Hopefully most of you guys and gals who are listening to this can see right through the bullshit at this point. And I do know I mentioned the other day that, that there was a possibility that there could have been a, uh, a there could have been an impeachment coming. But someone named Mitch McConnell says otherwise. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you guys right now, here is the random tweet of the day that'll make you uh, that'll make you happy or sad. I don't know which fucking side you'd be on, but it'll make you happy or sad. I'm going to read it verbatim right here. Are you guys He's excited? Here we go. This is uh, John Cardillo. Not cardio, but card with two L's and an O. Anyway. No matter what they say, there isn't one CEO or board of directors on this planet that would find Biden competent enough to run their company. He shouldn't be running this nation and putting 330 million Americans at risk daily. That is, when I saw that thing, I was like, God dang, that actually makes a lot of sense. You guys really think, is there, is there a company, not even just in America, on planet Earth, that would put Biden in charge of their company to run it? Fuck no. Hell no. Now, this guy wouldn't be, this guy can't even walk down the hallway and find what room he would need to go in, let alone... He could run a country like this. This is this is factual statements. Think about that. Is it, he has no idea what is even going on. Do you think someone's actually let him run a company? No. So why the fuck is he running the country? 
And where the fuck has Kamala Harris been? I thought she was like the fucking end-all, be-all leader. She hasn't even shown up. I haven't seen her or heard of her in God knows how long. Two weeks now? She's been hiding in the corner. She's been pulling the Biden routine because you know what's going to happen here. If he gets replaced, God, that's a, that's the shitty thing about this. Everybody that voted for Biden wasn't thinking about, oh, man, what if he didn't make it through his four years and we're stuck with her? Now it's, oh, shit. Do we want to get rid of this guy and go to something worse? No, we don't want to. We don't want to fucking. Why would you want to do that? That's terrible. But Mitch McConnell said there isn't going to be an impeachment of Biden, which I don't think there was going to mean you could say there is uh they could try but he says uh, i think the way these behaviors get adjusted in this country at the ballot box he's talking he was talking in kentucky the president is not going to be removed from office with a democratic house and a narrowly democratic senate that's not going to happen but going into 2022 as you guys do know that that does change a bunch of things we could take back over i guess as in like free thinking americans because right now shit is not right i don't know that that could happen but it Probably not. I don't really know. And what he ends it here says the bottom line is there's no evacuation from it. So if he's saying that, which, okay, I get it. But then my, my question is, if they were trying to impeach the last one, the last gentleman, over a phone call, there's now leaked phone calls discussing Ghani that shows that he knew Afghan army was collapsing. That's the other thing. And I actually listened to Kodemeyer this morning. He was on Fox. I literally just li- turned on my TV. No shit. Woke up, turned it on, and was just had grabbed coffee. I literally sat down and it says, oh, Dakota Myers coming on. I'll listen to it. So I, I flipped it on and he was discussing the same thing that I've been saying, literally. So we knew the people that were over there that the, the military would collapse. Now, the reason why, I guess I never really went into it, but he said it on TV and it made me think, yeah, I guess I should probably reiterate why because I guess I know why, but most people don't realize this. But the Afghan army, it was 300,000 strong. That's a lot of people against 80,000 Taliban. The reason why they were they were not afraid to fight the Taliban is because they had superior air support. We were there with with drones, with fighter like literally we were fighting them from the sky, dropping bombs on them, and they didn't have anything to worry about. They're like, yeah, we can go in. We might get a little bit of a firefight here and there, but we know the Americans are going to drop bombs on them, and we're going to be fine. We're going to go home. Now that we're not there, they literally had to fight tooth and nail for a country that really doesn't have anything going for it. I mean, they. They, they don't. They would, they would literally sit there and fight the Taliban for the rest of eternity when there's so much corruption that's going on. That I mean, we all knew. We knew that it would... Fuck, I knew, sitting here in Texas, that it would fall within days. And it, it did. I mean, I don't know how the people at the higher... That's why I keep telling you guys, someone needs to be held accountable because somebody knew this. Everybody knew this. I knew this. Everybody that fought over there knew this. How the fuck did the administration not know it if I knew it? Anyway... Saki refused to discuss anything that, that leaked Biden call. Like he, she won't do it. I'm actually going to play a clip for you guys. And, and you're going to, you're going to realize she is pretty much getting herself in a little bit of, a little bit of hot water here. Cause it, it doesn't really make too much sense. She's kind of being, contra- she's contradicting herself significantly. And I'll explain why afterwards. Diplomatic conversations or leaked transcripts of phone calls. Uh, but what I can reiterate for you is that we have stated many times that no one anticipated uh, the vast majority, I should say. There may have been individuals and agencies, so I don't want to eliminate that option. But uh, our uh, national security team and no one in Congress or I would say most people out in the public anticipated that the Taliban would be able to take over the country as quickly as they did or that the Afghan national security forces would fold as quickly as they did. I scream bullshit. 
What, what did she let me let me let me backtrack real quick because I, I let me wait one we have stated many times that no one anticipated uh the vast majority i should say there may have been individuals and agencies so i don't want to eliminate that option but uh our uh, national security team and no one in congress or i would say most people out in the public anticipated that the taliban would be able to take over the country as quickly as they did Okay, so she says that no one in Congress or national security team, no one knew that that was going to happen. But there might be individuals she doesn't want to eliminate. So am I one of the individuals that knew this was gonna that knew this was gonna happen? She says no one in Congress. I promise you, Dan Crenshaw knew this was gonna happen. I fuck. I know for a fact Dan Crenshaw knew this was gonna happen. I would assume he probably made it known that it was gonna happen. I mean, it's Dan Crenshaw. The guy's a way more intelligent version of myself. Literally, we're like if I could be Dan Crenshaw, he's just a very smart version of me. He speaks the truth, he speaks honesty, and he literally doesn't give a shit. He's trying to do the right thing, but he's much more badass than I. So, like literally, he's much more of a badass than I will ever be. But that just that just goes to show you that this right here is is in itself. Is, what what is what is what I'm looking for? It is very. Uh, she's contradicting herself here. She's she's making herself look like an idiot because she's saying that she's not going to go over any transcripts or leaked audio from a phone call but a year ago or whatever it was that they were trying to impeach him for they were gladly every single fucking news outlet every one of them the only thing they talked about is trump's phone calls or phone calls or trump's phone calls is trump's phone, like that's all they fucking talk about you go on their site now there is not a single not a single shred of this right here i, I where did i even find this oh this is on new york post but if you go to cnn or somewhere else like that I promise you, there's not a fucking, and if it is, it's so buried in the back that no one, no one's even going to see it. I want to tell you guys, when you're looking at this stuff, look at it with an open mind and there's always a political agenda involved. Yes, this might be more of a right-sided website or middle ground. I don't exactly know, to be honest with you, but they're at least saying out loud what, what needs to be said, just like I am right here. And the call that I'm discussing is actually the, the call between Biden and the previous Afghan um, president that was basically, it was, it was pretty much bullshit. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. And that that's one of those kind of questions that McConnell was talking about impeachment that's not going to be able to happen. Well, are you talking about how they botched the exit strategy? Which, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's just a lot of people are going to get relieved of duty, which is fucking great. Or is he, did he, is he not discussing the, the leaked phone call, which how do we know that's not? Because he's clearly lying within that call, and, and he has he has some idea. That That's the other thing. They say that they had no fucking idea, but they clearly had an idea because within the phone call, you know what? Wait one. Let me see if I can pull up this phone call just for all of you guys who are sitting here and have no idea. Okay, so I have the actual transcript from Biden to Ghani, who is the, the president of Afghanistan at the time this was going on. Uh, this is posted on, this was posted a few days ago. Oh, this is the phone call on July 23rd. Okay. July 23rd. So you have a perspective of what's going on. This is to Biden or Biden is saying this when he's speaking to Ghani. You know, I am a moment late, but I mean it sincerely. Hey, look, I want to make it clear that I'm not a military man any more than you are. I've been meeting with our Pentagon folks and our national security people as you have with ours and yours. And as you know, I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there's a need, whether it's true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. So see how asinine this is? You have people in, in his administration saying that they have not, they had no idea this was going to happen. But this was well over, this was 10 days ago. This was literally 10 days ago. He knew 
that the the country was falling to the Taliban and that he needed to project a different picture to the world. So if he, he's literally admitting guilt through this. There's no way he's not. You cannot tell me that this right here cannot be impeachable in itself. If, if the last one got impeached for something, why can't, why can't this one be impeached? I have no idea. Now, this is, this is what Biden says uh, to him as well. If you empower Bismillah, he's a defense minister, Bismillah Khan Mohammed, to execute a strategy focused on key parts of the population centers, and I'm not a military guy, so I'm not telling you what the plan should precisely look like, and you're going to get not only more help, but you're going to get a perception that is going to change in terms of how... Um, dot, 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 unclear, it didn't, it didn't, it just says unclear, dot, dot, or our allies and folks here in the States and the other peoples think what you're doing. So he's, he's telling him to put off a perception in this phone call that this is fucking wild. So then he goes on to say this, you clearly had the best military, which is fucking false. So once again, Biden says in this thing that he's not a military man and doesn't know what to do, but then he follows up and says, you clearly have the best military. How the fuck does he know if he's not if he's not a military man? He said it twice in this thing to, to the president, the other president saying, I am not a military man. Yes, Biden, we understood. You cowered in a quarter. You're not. So don't tell him that he has the best military. When he says you have 300,000 well-armed versus 70 to 80,000, they're clearly capable of fighting well. We will continue to provide close air support if we know the plan is and what we are doing and all the way to the end of August. Who knows after that? So basically, Biden knew that he wasn't going to stay and that he can fuck, he's basically telling him to eat a dick after August, but go ahead and fight him until we leave August 31st, and then you guys, it's on you. See, this is the kind of shit that I, I did this, I'm doing this podcast for, because this is not being said out loud, this is, this is, I'm having to dig this shit up. <sighs> ah, man, I, the more I read through this, the more he's just fucking lying through his teeth. Like, this is, this is lying to another president of another country, and if he's lying to this... And he's, he, I would assume he thinks he's getting away with it because he's on a fucking phone call. And I mean, you say dumb shit on the phone. Like, that's what I'm like. If, if he's lying to this guy blatant, like this full bum and read this bull face, what, what do you think he's been doing to the American people the last 40 or 50 years he's been in office? Like, what the fuck has he done? And now we've got to deal with this. This is what else he says. We're also going to continue to make sure your Air Force is capable of continuing to fly and provide air support. Okay, I'm going to backtrack real quick there, Biden. Uh, the Taliban actually has control of all of it. And was going to, and you knew that. In addition, this is what he says, in addition to that, we are going to continue to fight hard diplomatically, politically, economically, to make sure your government is not only survives, but is sustained and grows because it clearly is the interest of the people of Afghanistan that you succeed and you lead. And now I know this is presumptuous of me on one hand to say such things directly to you. I have known you for a long time. I find you a brilliant and honorable man. I do not. A brilliant and honorable man does not fucking leave his country high and dry because he cowered away. That's not what you do. You stand your ground. You fucking fight if you believe in it. I'm going to continue to read this. I know that maybe you guys may not enjoy this, but I, I, I think it's actually kind of important. I'm going to read this last piece. This is uh, Biden talking to uh, Ghani again. But I really think I do not know whether you are aware just how much the perception around the world is that is looking like a losing proposition, which it's not. This is so ironic looking back. Not that it necessarily it is that, but so the conclusion I'm asking you to consider is to bring together everyone. And he's talking about all his former presidents and, and that kind of stuff. Karzai in between, if they stand there and say back the strategy you put together and put a warrior in charge, you know, a military man, he keeps going back to this military man thing. Defense Minister Bismala Khan in a charge of executing that strategy and that charge and perception and that will change an awful lot, I think. So I, it's really difficult to actually read what Biden says because his, his shit doesn't make any sense. I feel like I just read something that Avery put together, my six-year-old daughter, 
trying to have a conversation, but that didn't really make very much sense. But anyway, Ghani says this, Mr. President, we are facing a full-scale invasion composed of Taliban, full Pakistani um, planning and logistical support, and at least ten to 15,000 international terrorists predominantly Pakistanis thrown into this. So that dimension needs to be taken account of. So this is another thing. So he's telling him exactly what he's, what president Biden, he's clearly not going to understand this. Then Ghani goes on to say, second, what is crucial is close air support. And if I can make a request, you have, you have been very generous in assistance, particularly to our air force, but front loaded because what we need at this moment, there was a very heavily reliance on air power. And we have prioritized that if we could be at the forefront loaded and greatly appreciated. I'm not going to continue to read the rest of it because it's kind of long, but Anyway, Biden, Biden ends it by, by saying, Noah, look, I thank you. Look, close air support works only if there is a military strategy on the ground to support. That's it. I, the other thing is, is I'm going to go back to say, how does Biden, how, how is he the one to say that military or air support only works if, if you have a plane on the ground, which he keeps saying that he's not a military man, which makes me wonder why the fuck is he in charge of the military? There you go. There's a leak call. If you guys didn't know about it, now you know about it. If you want to know more about it, you can go look it up. But that's the other thing. Is that an impeachable offense? I have absolutely no idea. I would assume it is if the last one was impeached on it at the same time. And I know we're, we, we always discuss, and we've been discussing, like, what leverage do we have over the Taliban? And they, they say we have a lot of leverage, which I don't really exactly know what that, that means, but apparently we have multi-billion dollars in reserve. The U.S. has an outsized role to play in deciding what happens to DA... Afghanistan's bank, the DAB, and with $9 billion in gold and foreign currency reserves. Of that, $7 billion is held in the U.S., $1.3 billion in international accounts, and some $700 million by bank for international settlements, according to the tweet by Afghan Central Bank governor, after he fled the country, of course. They, they say that they rely on imports and such like that. Yeah, I, I understand that they do, but I, I, I feel like we keep going back to forgetting that these people are just brutal people in general. So... We they imported 8.6 billion in goods in 2019, and it was a bunch of petroleum, wheat, and stuff like that. And 70% of their electrical power is imported at an estimated cost of 270. I know that they have no electricity over there, and they're pretty much going to be screwed. But these people that are in charge, they don't care. They want Sharia law. They don't give a shit. They're fine with living in the seventh century. They're basically, if we let it be, they'd be another North Korea, except they would actually try to do terroristic things throughout the world. And another thing else we're holding over the head is foreign aid. As I, I did discuss, there's going to be a massive um, humanitarian crisis over there over the next, I would assume, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're not going to have any food or water. Water is going to be a huge issue. Drinking water over there, was, it's hard to come by just in general. Um, you have to drink bottles of water. A lot, I guess maybe most of them might drink out of the... They, no, they have to drink bottles of water. There's really nothing to drink. So they're going to have a whole bunch of things along with financial sanctions and, and uh, foreign aid and banking curbs and, re- and like there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that we apparently have holding over their head but i don't know if that's a huge concern to them i mean they they figured out how to take over a country and a government i think they could probably figure out how to get food and water i mean for fuck's sake i mean they just figured out how to put down the most powerful country on planet earth and make them look like idiots i think they can find food and water they have plenty of cash as for right now Okay, we'll move on. I mean, there's there's a lot more stuff I'm going to cover before the end of this. So if you guys don't know, Biden, um, he said this, Texas abortion law blatantly violates Roe precedent. I know there's a whole bunch of people that don't really understand what's going on, but um, it's kind of a good thing. I mean, if you're pro, pro-life or if you're pro-abortion, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me which one you are, but uh, I think it's a good thing. This is the other thing. The president promised to defend the abortion rights, but the White House was vague on what it can or will do. So we 
The other thing is he's, he promised to, to do this. I, his, you got to take his shit what he says with a grain of salt because he does not he does not follow through. He vowed Wednesday to defend abortion rights. That Supreme Court led a Texas abortion law that bans the procedure after six weeks. President, if you don't know that, you can't get an abortion after six weeks here in, in Texas now. And he said this extreme Texas law blatantly violates the constitutional right established under Roe v. Wade and upheld a precedent for nearly half a century. So basically the entire time he's been in fucking office. He's just, they're just doing this because this is their side of the aisle. This is something they always scream from the rooftops. And that's pretty much the only reason why they care. I promise you, he doesn't give a shit. This guy does not give a shit. And we clearly know this. It's just something he needs in his corner when it comes to generating ballot votes for, for their party. Do they really fucking care? No, they don't. So if you guys did not know that this one, this one's kind of a, this one's a whopper. This one's a fucking doozy. So if you guys did not know, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is coming up and the, the Virginia Department of Education decided it was going to make a training video for the teachers. I'm going to explain it to you guys. So in the video, she instructs teachers to avoid teaching students about American exceptionalism. She says that they should instead focus on our shared humanity. She says, we're also not going to reproduce what's understood as American exceptionalism. This understanding that America is a land atop of a beautiful mountain and that all other countries, nations, and people are less than America. So I want to let her know, this, this fucking lady right here, if she were to try to go do this in Afghanistan currently, she wouldn't be able to do it. I'm just going to throw that out there. So yes, when America, when she says that America is, is a land on top of a big, beautiful mountain, yes, it fucking is. You just don't realize this because you fucking live here. It is. There's so many other places in the world you cannot do what you're doing. Then she goes on to saying, we're not going to reproduce notions that American history and American experiences are more significant than the experiences or histories of other people, she continued. So we're going to begin with a common understanding of our shared humanity, regardless of national, racial, linguistic, and religious origins. She stressed the importance of humanizing Muslim students and acknowledging the existence of anti-Muslim racism, as she also advised against using 9-11 as an opportunity to teach about Islam. No, she is fucking incorrect. Because there's multiple sides of Islam. Um, I don't know if she fucking realizes there's a very nice, generous, kind side, which is just normal. Normal religion. And then you have a, your extremist side. Yes, that is a, it's a real fucking thing. Just because she's too scared to, to understand that or to admit it does not mean that she needs to teach these kids that it doesn't exist because it does, it does fucking exist. It, it does exist. It needs to. Then she goes on and she says this. It's going to be important as we begin our planned 9-11 lessons in a way that does not seek or reproduce anti-Muslim racism. We're not going to reproduce a false assumption of Muslim responsibility for 9-11. That's, this is when it gets kind of wild. We're going to, to begin right there and name there is no responsibility and therefore we're not going to use this space to try and untangle this. That right there is fucking wild. Because everything on 9-11 has to do with extremism and terrorism. And it stems from that side of that religion. Now, Islam is itself, I don't know if you guys know this, is there, it's actually, there's nothing wrong with it. There, it, it is not a, it's not a rageful, it's, it, there's nothing in it that's violent. There's nothing in it that's violent. Like the normal Islam, there's nothing in it that's violent. It's very peaceful. Now you have your extremist side of Islam, that is exactly why 9-11 happened. That's it. There's no other way fucking around it. That's terrorism is what it is. So I don't know what the fuck she's trying to say here, but this is actually from the Virginia DOE, Department of Education. So then they kind of contradict, they try to walk back on it, but fuck it. It doesn't really matter. It came out. 
I don't need to go any farther, but just to kind of tell you guys that actually did happen. So that's fucking great. Also, San Francisco is paying people 300 bucks. This one's fucking, this is great. It's a, uh, something that's never going to work. San Francisco program will pay at-risk residents $300 a month. Yes, that is right. Each month to reduce violence. They're paying people not to shoot each other. So in for San Francisco, I, it's called the Dream Keeper Fellowship is expected. I don't know what the, what the fuck does that even mean? Dream Keeper Fellowship. Who thought of this? Dream Keeper. I can just fucking imagine a bunch of hippies sitting in the corner saying, you know what? We can pay them 300 bucks and I promise you they won't kill each other. They're not going to shoot each other. You know what? We don't. This, this is one of the things they're like, you know what? Defund the police. We'll bring out the Dream Keeper program. We will pay people not to commit crimes. It will not happen. The pilot program will initially pay 10 people. 10. They're going to judge your entire thing based off 10 participants at risk for violence, $300 a month. To act as public safety ambassadors. Fuck yes. Here we go. Public safety ambassadors. $300 a month. That's going to that's gonna make change in, in San Francisco. Fuck the cops. $300 a month to these public safety ambassadors. Whoa. Oh my God, there's other things going on. There, if they meet certain milestones, they'll be eligible for $500 a month. That is right. You'll be eligible for $500 a month. We will pay you guys your $3,000 to stay home. Don't work. Fuck that. You guys can be a dream keeper. You will get up to an additional $500 a month to not commit crimes as we pay you to stay home. That is what we do here in San Francisco. We are all for love, praising the gay pride flag and pledging it to the allegiance and paying people to not shoot each other. Best part is this is being funded by uh, taxpayer dollars, private donations, and possibly a federal grant. So basically taxpayer money and some random private donations. Great. It was inspired by the Office of Neighborhood Safety. Man, you guys did a fantastic thing. It's not going to fucking work, but hopefully hopefully spending that money uh, makes you feel better. Can I also just say, uh, imagine this thing be put in front of actual people in government offices that matter, not like San Francisco or California or like that. Like, all right, so we're going to pay people to, to not... Do not commit crimes. What do you guys think? Well, I think they're going to take the money and commit the crimes. So, or maybe use that money to buy a gun to commit more crimes with. That's just me though. I mean, if you pay me 300 a month, I could, I'll sit aside for four months. You know, I'll hang out because you're already paying me to stay home. I'll take my, my 1200 bucks after four months and I'll go buy a really nice rifle. I could buy a really nice pistol for $1,200 and then I can commit more crimes. That you just paid me not to do. I love California. Oh, yeah. It's full of a bunch of fucking wackos. Couple more things here. Uh, some not not so not so pleasant one. But if you guys didn't know, the Veteran Affairs Suicide Hotline received more than 35,000 calls during August 13th and 29th. So basically that two-week period, there was 35,000 calls of veterans to the suicide hotline it gives me i'm actually just got goosebumps talking about it. so it, you come back you're fucked up you spent all this time over there you did this for other people and then you have people like biden who go out there on a limb and basically said well we're just going to give up this pointless endless war i'm gonna tell you right now i know exactly what they're they're thinking and how they're feeling because i was kind of the same way the first couple of days I was like what the fuck did we go over there and do this for like what what was all this for well all the bloodshed and all the death and all the fucked up memories for what? For this guy to just give it back to the same people and give them even more heavily armed? And then that, that was it? What the fuck did I do all this for? I'm leaving all these people behind that I actually cared for. That's that's exactly what this is about. And it's even crazier. The suicide numbers have steadily increased. In 2016, there were 280 uh, suicides. Um, excuse me, this is the quarterly suicide report. So there was 280 each quarter on average, I guess. And now we're up... Uh, 
377. That's up from 348 the year before. So yes, it's going to steadily increase, I guess. I, I, I hate saying that, but it's just, uh, fuck. Yeah, and I and I can I could speak more about the VA and the VAs is a fucking disgrace in itself. I when I was having to go through there before I I got pretty much I'm 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 done having to go there. Thank God I would have to go there and go to the the uh, counselor because I'd have to go. I don't know why, but when you're when you get rated for certain things, the VA you have to go back and get reassessed to make sure you're still fucked or something like it's just gonna go away. And they kept reassessing. I have to go sit there, and the VA is an absolute mess. You guys want to talk about? Yeah, this is, this is a whole nother conversation, probably for a different podcast. But even when you walk into the A, you have the prescription area. The prescription area is not like your fuck, like your CVS or your Walgreens. It is like, I, I, it's hard for me to explain if you've never seen anything like it. They have like these pill machines on the walls where you just literally, they just put a bag up to it. And there's a, it looks like a candy machine. And that's real. That's not me fucking lying. You could probably find a picture of it online. But literally like a, a candy machine and they just fucking fill the bottle up, fill the bottle up. And there's, you have hundreds of fucking guys waiting for the same shit. They don't treat anybody. They just said, take this medication, take this. And that's how all these people get hooked on. I actually had a buddy that came back from Afghanistan. This is a true story real quick. Came back from Afghanistan and got hooked on opioids and then went from that to heroin. And I actually took him into my house and I tried to get him off. He was off for a bit, I think about six or seven months. I was still in the military and this guy was out he was hooked on heroin and I took him in trying to get him off of it. And I got him off of it and he kept relapsing and whatnot. And, and I was having to leave, get out of the military. So I came back to Texas and he just, I fell into the round wrong thing again and decided to move back to where he was. And then now he's living out of his car doing heroin again. But this is the same kind of thing that I'm, I'm discussing. They don't treat anything. They just hand you pills and then people get hooked on shit and then they forget about you. And then you're pretty much just kicked to the wayside. But that's for a different, different, different time. I'm sorry. We're not going to discuss that. It's kind of sad, but that is. So final thing, final thing before I hop off here. I have to tell you guys about this because the Panger Valley, I know I want to say about every single time that we're discussing Taliban. And I do, I do want these guys to, to beat the shit out of the Taliban. They're fighting for them right now. They've been asking for our help, for our military aid. And I, and I, we already know that fuck, we already know the Biden administration is not going to give it to them. Um, I wanted to tell you guys something. If you guys don't know anything about this, you guys should uh, look it up if you can. Ahmad Massad, he he was the son of the uh, line, the line of Panjir, Panjir. I'm probably jacking that up, but his that's his son. His his name was also Ahmad Sam Massad, but he was an Afghan guerrilla leader that fought the Russians in the 80s. Now his son is is taking on the Taliban in the same exact valley. His son's 32 years old and he's got a degree. He's got a couple degrees. He's extremely smart individual, but he's been asking. He's been asking yeah, uh, U.S. for some help. Uh, he's trying to negotiate with the Taliban to not fight, but the Taliban's already stated that they've sent hundreds and hundreds of Taliban fighters to his area. So I guess tomorrow we'll find out if he's been able to hold them off. I promise you right now they're in a firefight. Yeah, it's getting close to being... Uh, I, I remember when I was over there about this time. I think it's probably four or five-ish in the afternoon. This is about the time they're going to start fighting because it's not going to be as hot. So this they should be in a firefight clearly as I am recording this but hopefully they're beating the shit out of the Taliban. other than that i do love you guys i hope uh hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts spread the word give me a review if you, you haven't already five star rating i would love it i do love you guys i will catch you on another episode another podcast of uh, speak the truth see you later